Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Everything Ema podcast, part of the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. I'm your host, Joe Tillery, and I got to say, I hope you're having a wonderful day wherever you are at. It's a beautiful day for K-State football because we have actual legitimate football to talk about. And before I do jump into all the football stuff, I'll talk about last week. I'll talk about Troy coming this week. Let me give you guys a heads up. If you've enjoyed the show, if you listened to it a couple of times, even if this is your first time and you're just liking the general feel for it, go ahead and consider subscribing wherever you get your podcasts at, whether that be a Spotify, Apple Music, or one of the other providers that drops podcasts on a weekly basis. Wherever you can, go ahead and leave a five-star review or rating for the show, and we will send you a free Heartland College Sports koozie. All you got to do is screenshot that review and send it over to Pete Mundo. That's Pete, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. That's all you got to do. All you got to do is send it his way. He will send you back a koozie. But my friends, we have some football in the books to talk about. K-State absolutely murders Southeast Missouri State. K-State goes out and absolutely routes Southeast Missouri State, 45-0. to And while I'm not going to sit here and say, like, oh, yeah, anybody expected it to be a close game, you know, it's not a game where you look into it and say, well, it's a sleeper team here. They were pretty good at the FCS level. This is the Ohio Valley champions, and I know that's not the Big 12. I know it's not the case. But it's still a good enough team where you could have a little bit of nerve somewhere along the line if you're a pessimistic fan. There's always one of us out there. We're always out there. I'm not that guy per se, but you know somebody. Everybody knows somebody. K-State starts off 1-0, 45-0, an absolute beatdown. And we saw some incredible things we're going to talk about today. We've got to start with Will Howard. Absolutely have to start with Will Howard. Becoming the seventh player in Big 12 history to record a passing touchdown, a rushing touchdown, and a receiving touchdown in the same game. It only took him one half. I'm pretty sure he was the second player ever to do it in one half as well. Just to put that out there, I can't tell you the first. It's somebody who plays for Nebraska. It's off the top of my head, but I do know that Will Howard was lights out against Southeast Missouri State. Now, yes, he did throw a pick. That's fine. Whatever. You know, he got hit low, chucked one up. I'm not exactly sure where he was going with the football. If he wasn't hit, that might be a decision he makes differently in the game. But either way, yeah, sure. You know, knock yourself out. You're up 45-0, to 35-0 at the time. I'm not super, I guess at the time it was probably 7-0, but not too big of a deal in this sense. Will Howard goes out there and goes 18 of 26 for 297, two scores and a pick, as well as a rushing touchdown and a receiving touchdown. Nothing too crazy, a quick little carry, one-yard sneak on the goal line, not a sneak, but, you know, kind of that fake. We saw it in the Big 12 Championship as well. I was having flashbacks to that. I know it's not the Big 12 Championship game, but it was, it was the same thing, fourth and goal. Will Howard pulls it, obviously, in this case it was third and goal. Sneaks around the outside, walks in for an untouched touchdown. Later on in the game, for his receiving touchdown, Trayshawn Ward, who can throw the rock pretty well, apparently. Chris Kleiman talked about it in post-game media. Chucks it back on a little fake play design. Colin Klein draws one up that basically sends Will Howard, hands, him the, football, hands the football off to Trayshawn Ward, sneaks out of the backfield, Trayshawn dials him up a dot. Will walks into the end zone 18 yards for the score, and that's history right there. That's history, baby. Will was lights out, man. And I didn't know what to expect. I mean, I know, obviously... Going into last season, I was very, very high on Adrian Martinez for a reason. I still think Martinez is a stud. Obviously, now he's gone and doing his thing with, I think, the Detroit Lions. I'm not sure if he's still with them or not, but he's bouncing around the NFL ranks. And it wasn't just like a disrespect to Will Howard or something like that, but even as the season continued on, I was pretty vocal, like, okay, Martinez is a heck of a quarterback. We'll roll with him until we can't. And when Will Howard comes in and gives you a reason, like, hey, I am the dude. And then all offseason, he's been developing and honing his craft. I mean, Will is a confident thrower. He's poised in the pocket. He's an unbelievable athlete in his own right. I mean, he's six foot five, two forty. That's a big dude to bring. That's Roth. That's shades of Roethlisberger right there. Might even be bigger than that. I'm not entirely sure off the top of my head. All I know is Will is a big dude. He's a big dog out there for K State, and he played great. And one of the dudes helping him out out there, Ben Sennett, a former walk-on at K State, 
Guy was an unbelievable monster last year. This year, same thing. Steps in, immediately breaks his career high in receiving yards in the first half alone of Game 1 of 2023. Senate coming into the season, he's already been picked as a top three tight end in the country by Mel Kuyper in the class of 2024 in terms of the NFL draft. Sitting behind Jatavian Sanders for Texas, we'll talk about that here in a sec, and Brock Bowers for Georgia. Now, the NFL media is not going to turn off of Brock Bowers. It's not going to happen. However, Senate can feasibly show that he's a better tight end than Jatavian Sanders this year. More scores, more catches, more yards. Ben Sennett's going to have all that. Maybe, I guess maybe not touchdowns, but I think Ben Sennett's going to have the ability to beat him in all three. This dude is the real deal, and I cannot wait to see it. 100 yards, five catches in this game. It was a first half action only. And a lot of people are worried a little bit about Troy, about Troy's defense. Let me tell you one thing. Having a big physical tight end that can block and catch passes, that really offsets the linebackers for Troy. I mean, Troy's got a good roster. Their defense looks good. I think their secondary is probably the place I'm most afraid of. Their D-line isn't ridiculous, but still some studs. Ben Sennett's a mismatch for anybody, whether it be a linebacker or a safety, however you want to guard him. That dude's going to feast on Saturday. And I'll do some preview here later in the episode, but I'm going to move on now. R.J. Garcia, absolute dog. Five catches, 119 yards and a score. Almost had a second one picking up a fumble from Sennett and running it back to the end zone. We're without our top pass catcher. I mean, arguable top pass catcher, I suppose. Ben Sennett being the primary pass catcher, I'd say, in this offense. Then you got Keegan Johnson, transfer from Iowa, who got nicked up earlier in the week in practice, according to Kleiman. Don't know if we'll see him this weekend. We'll talk about that here later in the episode. But there was kind of that little, like, okay, there's some question marks at the receiver position coming into this game. And I know it's just SEMO. It's not, you know, Texas. It's not Texas Tech. It's not Oklahoma that we're playing against on the other side of the ball. But R.J. Garcia was open the entire game. He's running great routes. He's finding spaces in the zone. Will Howard dialed him up on that big touchdown. And there's even the plays where it's really not possible to make the catch. You know, basically falling out of bounds, R.J. Garcia makes a career catch to get a first down. I know it wasn't a super intense situation, but R.J.'s going to be a dog this year. That's your, I mean, that's your wide receiver two. That's your wide receiver one on most teams. Keegan Johnson comes back. We'll see how he gets back on the field in terms of health-wise. Health-wise stuff. I know he's dealing with some stuff right now. R.J. Garcia gave me so much confidence in this passing attack, and it's going to be better than last year. It's going to be better than last year. Even though you lose a guy like Cade Warner, even though you lose a guy like Malik Knowles, R.J. Garcia steps up. Keegan Johnson, from everything we've heard, he's going to be a stud when he hits the field. Ben Sennett, obviously, was there last year. He's going to be leaps and bounds better than this year and break every K-State tight end receiving record in the books. 100% agree that. And you saw it against SEMO. Two other guys to highlight. And I'm not trying to just do recap here. I'm going to tell you why this is important going forward. You go out and you see DJ Giddens and Treshawn Ward. Now, I'm not going to lie to you. I didn't know how they were going to balance this. I didn't know who was going to be the main guy, who was going to be the second guy, or the complimentary player. Treshawn Ward missed part of the offseason just from health reasons. DJ Giddens goes out there and feasts. Has 15 carries compared to Ward's 11. DJ goes 15 for 128 yards in this game. I'm pretty sure he's the leading rusher in the Big 12 right now. I could be wrong on that. But DJ Giddens could absolutely be that dude. 100%. He's a big body, physical rusher, averaged eight and a half yards of carry. And in case it's not enough for you, Treshawn Ward is electric in the open field. 11 carries, 56 yards, and a score on the day. Treshawn Ward is going to fit into this offense as they continue to find a role for him. Because I don't know if they fully know what they're going to do with Treshawn Ward yet. And I don't think they should really switch off every other play or come up with some type of a set in stone thing, but. They're going to keep finding formations and ways to get Trace on the football, whether it be in the screen game or handoffs. This guy's a playmaker. He's electric. But DJ Giddens is also too good to not be on the field. 
And DJ Giddens is a hell of a pass protector, too. You saw that against SEMO. You did, absolutely. I mean, he kept Will Howard upright on a couple different occasions from guys blitzing late. Giddens took a massive step forward in that aspect. And I think you're going to see a ton of good things from this rushing attack as the season goes on. I mean, Troy's going to be hitting. Like, they're conditioned to hit people. A thousand percent. They're coming on every single hit. They're trying to take your head off. You know, legal or not, these dudes are a physical team. Not as they're legal or not, but they're not, they're not worried about if they're leading with their head or if they're not coming in full speed, whatever the case is. Obviously, you don't want to just injure people. I mean, these dudes are speeding missiles, is what I'm saying. You know, watching the game back from SF Austin, Stephen F. Austin last week, every time the quarterback handed it off, he'd still have a linebacker charging at him in case he pulls it. And I know that's football to an extent, but you've got people full speed running into a quarterback after he hands the ball off. I mean, at some point, you got to keep your head on a swivel. And that quarterback really did not, full disclosure, he was getting hit after hit after hit. Guys like DJ Giddens, guys like Treshawn Ward are going to have to step up to keep Will Howard good. Not good in terms of physical stuff, but obviously keep him upright in this game. Because the offensive line is unbelievable. But there's going to be a rusher at some point that gets through in some way. You know, there'll be a stunt player. There'll be some type of an edge, edge blitz off of a cornerback pressure. But I do want to say this. I'm not worried about Troy. And maybe that's cautiously optimistic. Maybe that's me just being too cocky in this case. But I'm not worried about these dudes. I know they've won 12 games in a row. They're the Sun Belt champion. And they beat UTSA in a bowl game. Newsflash, Houston beat UTSA this weekend, 17-14. And I'm not trying to talk trash on that or discredit them by any means. But Troy is not a good enough football team to beat K-State. And I know there's going to be some of you out there listening saying, Joe, you're jinxing this right now. You're saying this? You're going to eat your words. If they beat us, I'll eat my words, sure. I don't think they're a good enough team to beat us. They've got a veteran quarterback. That's not a secret. Their running back is a stud. I mean, is a dog. He ran for 250-something yards last week. However, and I've explained this in great detail in a couple of different articles and some videos and stuff, K-State's linebackers have the perfect matchup with Troy. Troy's rushing attack, nine times out of ten, it's going to be out of an RPO. Give the quarterback a chance to throw it. And the thing about RPOs, for those that might not be, I'm, I'm not sitting here saying I'm some type of football coach or I'm that educated in the situation, but the difference with RPOs, a lot of those blocks, because they're not sure if they're run blocking or pass blocking in this case, they take some time to set up. Troy takes a while for the blockers to set. Last week against Stephen F. Austin, it was taking a long time for the linemen to set up their blocks. They don't have time like that against K-State's linebackers. Daniel Green, Austin Moore, Desmond Purnell, I mean, even Austin Romaine. There's guys on this roster that will be shooting gaps consistently. I'm looking for Austin Moore. I'm looking for Daniel Green to have monster days against Troy. I'm talking upwards of 10, 11, 12 tackles. They both have the capability to do that. Because running out of the RPO, like, it's one thing when you know it's going to be, all right, it's either going to be a pass or a run, sure. The corners will consistently be defending, no matter what. And they're going to read your linebackers, going to read your pass rushers and see what happens there. Their offensive line did not look great against Stephen F. Austin. K-State is a massively better defense than that. It's a huge step up. You go out and you keep a two-time All-American running back to negative carries after he went 1,700 yards and 21 touchdowns the previous season? That's a stingy defense. You're currently, you're surrendering zero points a game right now for K-State's defense. There's a task on the plate. And not only that, they're getting back Marquis Siegel. Siegel was out last week. They said they suspended him for one week. Coach Kleiman said he did it uh, in-house. It wasn't anything too crazy, I assume. Kept him off the field. That's how it goes. Marquise Siegel will be back there in the secondary. There's going to be dudes getting healthier. I mean, you see Uso get healthier. Daniel Green's getting healthier. 
and Uso Sayamalo might be my favorite Wildcat to watch all season. That's a mountain of a man, and he is electric rushing the passer. There's dudes who can move the pocket and affect the rushing attack. I mean, there's people on every single facet of this defensive line that we should watch for. I mean, Khalid Duke spin-moved a guy in the next week and sacked the quarterback last week. Expect that again. Look for Brendan Mott to have a day. Look for Nate Matlack, who's perfectly healthy for the first time in two years. Maybe not perfectly healthy, but he's jumping off the tape. Almost had a pick on a screen pass that I have no idea, still to this day, how we saw it coming. I still don't understand it. There's a lot of guys on this team that can step up huge. The linebackers are going to have a day. That's the matchup to watch. And I know people are worried saying, okay, Troy's got a great defense. They do. I'm not going to sugarcoat that. They've got a good defense. But look at K-State's offense. And I know I need you all to strip the old adage of K-State fans a little bit. I'm like, well, don't get too high because I know we can have that game. It's just a quick turnout. Change your expectations. Change your expectations, my friend. It's the same thing with basketball. Expect to win every game. We're favored by 15 in this matchup. That's not, that's not wild. I mean, you know, we've had games where we've lost outright like that. Tulane, I'm pretty sure, is similar. We're favored by like nine points, nine and a half points. Lose outright. Granted, Tulane, obviously top 25 team and won their conference. But you see that with certain teams. Troy's 12-game win streak, it's coming to an end against K-State on Saturday. This game's not in Troy. It's in Manhattan, Kansas. It's going to be a packed-out crowd. People are going to be loud and rowdy. They're going to want to see Will Howard for four quarters. And I didn't even mention Avery Johnson yet. They're going to want to see this offense go all out with healthy players. You know, they might work Keegan Johnson and they might not get him back on the field. I'm not sure entirely. Jaden Jackson steps up. Trey Spivey at his first catch. That guy looks like he can do some damage. There's people on this roster that will really compete. And I honestly would be so stoked to see Will Howard play a full game. And I don't mean to say that like as a shot towards Avery or anything like that, but the offense scores, what, 64 points if Will stays out there the full time? 70 points, you get close to that? You know, you pull Will up, what was it, 38 at the time? Maybe 41 at the time? I can't remember off the top of my head, but 10 minutes to go in the third quarter. And granted, Avery is electric. I mean, that's a Manziel-type player, not necessarily in anything related to the off-the-field issues, just in the magic surrounding him, the college football magic involved in that player. He's got that capability. Avery Johnson could lead this team to a national championship in the future. And that's to say, if Will Howard doesn't this year, I'm not saying that we're not able to before then, but that's the type of magic you feel with a guy like Avery Johnson. Electric debut. Electric debut to see him. I also wanted to see Will stay out there. I wanted to see him throw for five, six touchdowns in this game. I wanted to see RJ go, go have 300 receiving yards. That's a possibility against Troy. DJ Giddens, I want to see you get to that 150-200 mark. That's a possibility, and I know that's not a consistent thing to bank on. All I'm saying is we haven't seen this offense scratch the surface of what they can be yet. And they've already put on one of the best offensive performances ever to open up a season. Colin Klein, more confident as a play caller. He trusts Will Howard. Will Howard trusts what he wants. I mean, they asked Avery what he saw out there in his own first start and talked about how everything that Will does, he sees through Colin Klein's eyes. The two of them. They're one person. That's what Avery wants to get to with CK. That's a possibility. This offense can be so, so good. And we're only beginning to start the process. Yes, you lose a Deuce Vaughn. Yes, you lose two senior wide receivers. But the future is now. And I know that people talk about, hey, you know, looking back, it's hard to know when the good old days are. We are living in them, friends. Football, basketball, any sport, you name it. These are the good days. And it's only going to get better. K-State has a chance with Colin Klein up in the booth, with Chris Kleiman on the sideline, with Will Howard at quarterback. This team has a chance to be really, really special. And I'm not just saying eight or nine win team special. 
They can win the Big 12 again. They can finish with, what, one loss, zero, zero losses on the season? Find a way to a college football playoff berth? Every single week has to be a different task. So when I'm telling you about Troy, and I know people are always going to have a little bit of that G5 worriedness in their mind of like, we've lost to teams like this in the past. This team is nothing compared to Tulane last year. And I don't mean to just dunk on these guys because there's some skilled players for their team. Tulane beats this team by 30 points last year, in my mind. That's, that's the truth in my mind. That's what it is. I mean, Michael Pratt looks like a first-round NFL player based off the first week of this season and last season, their quarterback for Tulane. All I'm saying is that this year's team is going to be different than any team we've ever had. Because Will Howard might be the best quarterback since Colin Klein. Leaps and bounds above the rest. And I know Jake Waters was a stud here for a long time. Jesse Ertz was a good throw of the football. There's been Skylar Thompson for, you know, six years. Will Howard has another leg up on every single one of them. That's how I'm feeling about this season. And then comes Avery Johnson. You know, Will still has the opportunity to come back for another year after this. Avery Johnson steps in. That guy can take you anywhere in the country. He looked incredible as a freshman. You get him to bulk up a little bit to learn the offense a little bit more. Avery could win you 10, 11 games. The future is bright, and I can't wait to see it. My official prediction, because I know I don't want to get out of here without just giving you a prediction, because I know some people get upset if I don't. Not only will K-State cover in this game, they will win by more than 21 points. And I I know that the offense is wanting to score 50 every game. I love that idea. I'm not going to give them 50 in this one, because I know Tulane's defense is pretty solid. I got K-State winning 44 to 24. 44-24, 44-24, 20-point game, maybe not three touchdowns, I guess. I think the defense is going to go out there and ball. That's even if they give up 24 points. I mean, Kobe Savage back on the field, VJ Payne back out there. I mean, there's guys excited to go back out there. Uso's getting healthier. Two stud pass rushers in Mott and Duke. That's not even including Nate Matlack, who's the stud. Linebacker core, the best in the league. Cornerbacks, Jacob Parrish looked unbelievable in week one. I'm excited to see where this team goes. Ladies and gentlemen, do not worry about Troy. That's what I'll say. I will eat my words 100%. If this, if this age is poor, I will record this and I'll post it live and say I apologize because I will owe you all one for jinxing it. However, K-State's taking care of business here. That's what I'd have to say. But guys, thank you so much for listening to the Everything Emod podcast. I really appreciate you, and I can't believe football season is on us. Each week, we're going to talk a little bit about the previous week, heading into next week, what to look forward to, what to see going forward. We've got a couple of big games coming up. We got Troy this weekend, Missouri after that. We've got a lot to talk to in the next couple of weeks. This season could be the biggest one. The last, what, two decades? Last decade? K-State has a chance to be special. That's all I'm saying. Thank you guys so much for listening. I appreciate you. Hope you have a wonderful rest of the day, and go Cats.